This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Uh, always remember, uh, head to reallifepharmacology.com, grab your free uh, top 200 study guide, uh, just a little uh, item I put together. It's 31-page PDF, so it's definitely significant. Uh, good little review if you're taking board exams or just want a quick uh, refresher on the, the top 200 drugs and common effects there. So the drug of the day today is dapagliflozin, or Farsiga. And this medication is what's called an SGLT2 inhibitor. And this medication is used to manage diabetes primarily. And I'll, I'll get a little bit more into the indication here lately because this is one of the reasons uh, I'm tackling this drug is we've had some, some recent updates. So mechanistically in diabetes, how does this medication work? Uh, essentially, it reduces the reabsorption of glucose back into the body. So it, it, it blocks that reabsorption of glucose back into the body. And what that means is lower blood glucose, like when a patient tests their blood sugar. And it also means there's more glucose in the urine. I'll talk about that a little bit as far as uh, adverse effects. So that's how it lowers blood sugar. Uh, however, there are, uh, there is one particular um, alternate mechanism that this medication has, and it also reduces sodium reabsorption. So, if you remember, sodium uh, excessive intake and and uh, excessive uh, water that stays with that sodium can be a big issue in something like heart failure. So, by SGLT2 inhibitors like dapagliflozin. Um, reducing sodium reabsorption back into the body, water can go with that. So these drugs also have a mild diuretic type effect, which as you can imagine, what you know condition do we use diuretics in? Of course, that's heart failure. So recently, the FDA um, just approved, uh, this is in 2020, if you're listening to this later on, um, just approved dapagliflozin for the use in heart failure in patients with reduced ejection fraction. So this is definitely something that is very, very new. Uh, we don't have uh, really many diabetes drugs that are used um, for other indications um, other than if the patient has diabetes, a, a, a kind of a comorbidity type situation. So this has actually been an approval just for heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, okay? So patient doesn't have to have diabetes um, to potentially show uh, benefit in reducing cardiovascular death and, and hospitalization. So um, kind of a, a unique 
uh, situation that we've had here with uh, dapagliflozin because we've seen uh, in previous studies that patients with heart failure and diabetes, um, we've reduced uh, some of the hospitalizations and and things with uh, heart failure, Um, but that's been in combination uh, when they've had both heart failure and, and diabetes there. So uh, getting into this this drug a, a little bit more, so obviously lowering blood sugar, talked about how that's done, and also with its diuretic effect, um, how that potentially could be um, beneficial in uh, heart failure there as well. Uh, adverse effect profile. So thinking about the mechanisms and how these drugs are beneficial, there is potential harm there as well. So if we increase blood glucose, well, excuse me, glucose into the urine or sugar into the urine, that provides an environment for growth of bacteria and fungus and things like that. So, you know, urinary tract infections, genital infections, patients are at higher risk for these infections. So that's a really uh, potentially negative downside to these medications. Um, the other thing, when we reduce fluid, when we kick out sodium out of the body, that could potentially lead to lower blood pressure. Now, this definitely could be a good thing in some patients, but, you know, in a frail 75-year-old with low blood pressure already, uh, that's a potential risk. So, got to keep tabs um, on any type of, of, you know, genital type infection, urinary t- tract uh, type infection, got to keep tabs on blood pressure as well. Um, other kind of rare things that, that have been reported, uh, patients have run into ketoacidosis or maybe the, the risk of that is um, slightly greater in certain situations. Uh, I definitely think about patients that may be at higher risk already uh, that may compound that risk for ketoacidosis. So patients with you know history of heavy alcohol use, um, you know, that have been under severe stress or maybe had a recent surgery. So those are some kind of risk factors uh, that may increase that risk for ketoacidosis. Uh, there have been um, other associations with, you know, varying degrees of evidence, um, bone fractures, limb amputations, again, very, very limited evidence of, of causing these type of, of issues. Uh, the limb amputation uh, specifically um, has been more so associated with canagliflozin, um, but as far as uh, the SGLT2 inhibitors go, uh, you may hear this stuff from patients. So it's important to kind of be armed um, and ready uh, to, to combat um, those questions because patients definitely will uh, bring those to, to your attention there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was about the kidney um, remember that these drugs are actually working in the kidney, okay? That kidney is that filter of the body. And if that kidney is not functioning very good, obviously the blood glucose lowering effect might not be that great in a patient with poor kidney function. So um, typically recommended to absolutely avoid uh, this medication uh, with an EGFR of, of less than 30 mils per minute. Okay, so I, I think that kind of makes sense in where these um, medications work uh, as far as uh, the, the kidney goes there. 
All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll finish up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, uh, definitely head on over to meded101.com slash store. We've got pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, medication therapy management, uh, geriatrics. We've got, you know, question banks. We've got lectures. We've got all sorts of, of different uh, study resources and, and materials there to, to go check out. In addition, if you're a student, uh, we've got some Naplex materials as well uh, linked up at, at rxgrad.com. So definitely go check that out. Again, all those links, meded101.com slash store. If you're a healthcare professional uh, looking for more content on you know, drug interactions, case studies, just learning pharmacology in general, uh, again, we've got more resources at meta101.com slash store. Go check those out. Support the sponsor. Uh, help keep this podcast free and educational for all to enjoy. All right, so finishing up on drug interactions, uh, first thing I kind of think about is additive effects. So diuresis, uh, we kind of mentioned that's it's kind of got a mild diuresis. So any drug that lowers blood pressure could potentially have a little bit of an additive effect. Um, same thing with the diuresis effect. You know, adding these on to you know loops or thiazides, we may get a little bit more potent um, diuresis type effects. So you may need to keep tabs a little bit um, on electrolytes and and things of, of that nature, which. You know, if you're on diuretics, you're going to be monitoring those things anyway, kidney function, um, you know, your sodiums, your potassiums, and, and all that good stuff. Another adverse effect or, excuse me, drug interaction that I, I think about is opposing effects. So if we're using this medication, dapagliflozin, in diabetes, uh, we got to think about uh, opposing blood sugars, so drugs that are going to raise blood sugars. So you know, your examples being your prednisones, dexamethasone, your, your steroids, for example. Um, other things, if we're using this medication for the newer indication of heart failure, you got to think about some of those meds that contribute or could exacerbate heart failure and oppose the potential benefits, beneficial effects. Um, most common class that, that I see used are ibuprofen, NSAIDs, um, that class of, of medication there. Uh, additive um, blood sugar lowering effect. So a little bit more caution as far as hypoglycemia risk in patients already on uh, your insulins and your sulfonylureas. So it's important to, to think about that. So again, we're going to do that through monitoring blood sugars anyway, likely. Um, unless obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're just taking it for heart failure and the patient's not on. Um, either of those type of, of agents. Uh, one last interaction thing I, I did want to mention is as I'm looking through a medication list, if I notice that patients on uh, immunosuppressives or they have some sort of transplant or anything like that, these patients may be more at risk for those urinary tract infections, those genital type infections. So very, very important to, to think about that. If you see your tacrolimus, your cyclosporin, um, you know, maybe some of the agents for, you know, in autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, so your, um, you know, your infliximabs, your monoclonal antibodies, drugs that potentially suppress the immune system, 
um, could potentially make it more likely for some of those um, infections to happen uh, based on account of, of dapagliflozin use. Uh, excuse me there. So definitely think about uh, those immunosuppressants in patients um, that have those on their medication list. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, definitely go subscribe at reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free 31-page uh, study guide. Uh, leave a rating review. Greatly appreciated uh, to all those of you who have done that already. Um, and share us with a friend, colleague, uh, another healthcare professional, uh, preceptor, student, whatever. Um, definitely share the, the podcast. Um, help us grow and uh, obviously help us educate more people. We greatly, greatly uh, appreciate it. Uh, That's going to be it for me. If you want to track me down, you can find me at LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to do that. Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. And uh, I hope you have a, a great rest of your day. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.